It's Monday, August the 24th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, 800,000 COVID-19 deaths and big Belarusian protests. First, the world in brief. More than 800,000 people are now confirmed to have died from COVID-19. America has suffered the most fatalities, about 176,000, followed by Brazil with 114,000, Mexico with 60,000 and India with 57,000. Fears of a second wave in Europe are growing. France, Italy and Spain reported the highest numbers of daily new infections since at least early May. America's Food and Drug Administration gave emergency authorization for the use of blood plasma therapy to treat the virus. The treatment involves injecting antibody-rich blood from people who have recovered from the disease. President Donald Trump claimed it might cut deaths by 35%. Reports also suggested he could fast-track approval of a European coronavirus vaccine in time for elections in November. Tens of thousands of Belarusians flooded the country's capital, Minsk, to protest against the long rule of Alexander Lukashenko, who stole re-election a fortnight ago. The crowd marched towards the presidential palace, calling for him to leave power and for a new ballot. Meanwhile, Russia's foreign minister accused Belarusian opposition members who fled their country of seeking bloodshed. Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's prime minister, accepted a compromise to delay till November a deadline to pass a budget. That should avert the immediate collapse of his four-month-old government. His Likud party had rowed with its coalition partner Blue and White over senior law enforcement appointments, as well as the budget itself. TikTok said it will challenge a ban imposed by Donald Trump. His executive order prohibits transactions with ByteDance, the parent of the popular Chinese video app from mid-September. On Friday, a group of Chinese Americans also filed a separate lawsuit against a similar ban by Mr. Trump on WeChat, a social app owned by Tencent, a Chinese tech firm. Nearly 14,000 firefighters were deployed to fight wildfires in California, which have now consumed 1 million acres across the state. Six people have died and nearly 700 buildings have been incinerated since the blaze started last week. Donald Trump declared a major disaster releasing federal aid after previously threatening to refuse help to the Democrat-controlled state. And Britain's chief medical officers said children should return to school after the country's summer holidays, warning that missing out on their education posed much bigger risks to them than catching coronavirus. The country's education minister, Gavin Williamson, is betting his cabinet career on getting children back in school in September in the teeth of fierce opposition from teachers' unions. And now here's today's agenda. Right turn. America's Republican Convention. Last week, the Democrats held their socially distanced convention, in essence turning it into a series of expertly produced infomercials for their presidential candidate Joe Biden. This week, it is the Republicans' turn. President Donald Trump will accept his party's nomination on Thursday, the convention's fourth and final night, but plans to speak every night. Other speakers are rumoured to include Nikki Haley, America's former ambassador to the United Nations, Tim Scott, South Carolina's junior senator, and the McCloskeys, a couple from St. Louis who aimed guns at protesters walking in front of their house. Democrats held a big tent convention with moderate Republicans, centrist Democrats and progressives alike lining up behind Mr. Biden. The Republican coalition is much less ideologically diverse. Expect them to go full bore on the culture war, painting Mr. Biden as a Trojan horse for the far left and warning that Democrats are itching to turn America into Venezuela. 
Lost in the Post. America's Postmaster General testifies. Today, the head of the United States Postal Service will testify before an oversight committee in the House of Representatives after a grilling in the Senate. The appearance comes amid an outcry of a cut that Louis DeJoy, a Republican donor, implemented after becoming Postmaster General in June. He says the changes were intended to cut the USPS's losses and speed up deliveries. But he admitted on Friday that those have slowed down. Democrats accuse Republicans of plotting to wreck the Postal Service to prevent mail-in ballots from arriving in time to be counted in November's presidential election. Mr DeJoy has since announced the suspension of his changes until after the elections. On Saturday, the Democrat-controlled House passed a bill to give the service an extra $25 billion and block the cuts. It is likely to be vetoed in Republican-controlled Senate. All this adds to the case for privatising the USPS, which would help to free it from political meddling. Cheaper Slices Apple's 4-for-1 share split Rising share prices are normally good news for investors, but sometimes they get so high that even single shares become difficult for small timers to buy. A case in point is Apple. After the tech giant's last split in 2014, its shares were worth around $100 each. On Friday, those same shares reached nearly $500. To maintain their appeal for a broad range of investors, Apple will today start a new share split. Investors will receive four new devalued shares in exchange for each one they currently own. Tesla, an electric car startup, is also cheapening its own shares with a 5-for-1 split. Yet boosters for fractional investing predict that this corporate manoeuvre will soon become history. New trading apps allow users to buy slithers of single shares of publicly traded companies. However, fractional shares can be more expensive to buy and slower to trade. Share splits, it seems, are an old stock market trick here to stay. Life means life. New Zealand's mass murderer. Brenton Tarrant has pleaded guilty to 51 counts of murder, one for each of the worshippers he shot dead at two mosques in Christchurch last year. He has also admitted another 40 counts of attempted murder and one terrorism charge. This week, the self-professed white supremacist will be sentenced to life in jail. But will he ever walk free again? New Zealand has never before condemned a criminal to life without parole. But Mr Tarrant perpetrated the country's worst mass shooting. The judge may decide that this is one case in which a true life sentence is justified. That would give some succour to survivors and grieving families who have flown in from across the world for the hearing. Dozens will read impact statements in the court. Mr Tarrant, who has sacked his lawyers, will also speak. But if he tries to double down on his hateful views, the court will ban journalists from reporting them. Do you hear the people sing? Thailand's protests. For more than a month, student unions, youth groups and pro-democracy activists have staged demonstrations around Thailand. They want elections, a new constitution and an end to the harassment of government opponents. The boldest among them want reform of the monarchy too even though criticising the king is prohibited. The rallies are growing in size and popularity. More than 10,000 people attended a recent protest in Bangkok, the country's capital. It was the largest since Prayut Chanucha, the Prime Minister, seized power in a coup in 2014. His government is struggling with how to respond. Arrests of influential protesters in the past few days on charges including sedition may fire up marches further. The longer the demonstrations continue, the more problematic they become for Mr Prayut. Onlookers hope they do not descend into bloody chaos on campuses, 
as infamously occurred in the country in the 1970s. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Max Beerbohm, who was born on this day in 1872. The past is a work of art, free of irrelevancies and loose ends. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 